everyone, let's configure those Bluetooth headphones accordingly because we're on the go. We're commuting right now. Or are we? Maybe we're in a leather-bound chair. I don't know where you are when you're listening, but you're listening right now. And everyone, this is the Monday Morning Commute Podcast. My name is John. Here's my thing. So there's just not a lot of bad things that come from cardboard boxes. There, there are definitely bad things that come from them, but I think they're just vastly outweighed by good things. And the way I'm looking at it, it's dual utility. For example, and this is going to show you, I know next to nothing about pets or how you buy pets, but for some reason, when I think of buying a golden retriever puppy, I figure going maybe outside of a grocery store or in someone's garage and I walk up to a large cardboard box. Maybe you kind of cut the top off in half, but we're looking, the box might be four feet by five. Is that, do they make boxes that big? I don't know, but there's golden retriever puppies in this box. Maybe on one of the flaps, it says the price or for free. And you got golden retriever puppies. That's a good thing that's inside of a cardboard box. Fair? Great. All the puppies, end of the day, they all have uh, new owners. They're in loving homes. And you're left with just a cardboard box, maybe some hair in there. Dogs, I think dogs have hair. Do they have fur? I'm not, there's some sort of genetic material from the puppies is still in that cardboard box. Maybe we dust it out. But what are you going to do? You got a cardboard box that a lot of puppies were just in. You think it's over, right? You think it's done? No, because here's the way I'm looking at it. Has anyone ever squished a cardboard box so it fits in a recycling bin? The satisfaction breaking those creases, playing Tetris with your blue recycler. I don't know what color yours, mine's, mine's blue, playing Tetris in there, making sure everything fits. And the recycling, it only comes every two weeks, so you got to make sure you're being effective with where you're putting the cardboard in there. Oh, and let me guess, it's a bad thing when the recycling bin overflows because then you have to make multiple trips, the recycling won't get... No, that's where you get on top of the recycling bin. You take your shoes, let's call them vans, bottom of them, pressing down the soles, digging into that cardboard, compressing it. We're jumping on top of it at this point. Maybe some friends making sure you don't fall. Yours bouncing up and down, making sure the recycling goes down, compressing it deeper and deeper. Kind of how you would the kitchen trash can when you don't want to take it out. You just buy yourself time. You get a paper towel, line it up on the palms of your hands, just put some pressure down there, make sure it goes deeper and deeper. I mean, as long as the trash, you know, as long as it goes out, it's not a big deal. Same with the recycling. That's good. And that's from a cardboard box. You sell something on eBay. Don't go to USPS. Don't go to Target. Just go in your closet and get an old shoe box. Boom, that's cardboard. Shoes are good usually. We got an old cardboard box. We're saving $1.29. We're saving that annoying trip to USPS, maybe an annoying trip to Target because I don't think anyone actually lives near a Target. I think everyone's probably about 15 minutes from a Target. Save yourself a trip, nice box. You're selling someone, I don't know, some, some sort of Wii games in a Nike shoe box. That's fun. That's artistic. Wrap it up, address it, boom, good to go. That's from a cardboard box. And look, I've seen the movie Seven. What's in the box? What's in the box? Brad Pitt getting emotional. I've seen that before. And what was in the cardboard, I'm not going to spoil it, but what, what was in the cardboard box in that movie wasn't a good thing at all, actually. But at the end of the day, I think once you clean it out, once you sterilize it, Assuming you remove the blood and memories attached to that cardboard box, you could probably 
I think with correct, you know, maybe you had packing peanuts, you could probably mail decent china somewhere that someone could put up in like an old oak case with a glass kind of exterior so you can see into it. You're never going to use the china, but you were able to mail it to someone, Oklahoma, for some reason. I feel like they'll have a nice china case over there in that cardboard box. Was that drawn out? I think so, but I think it works. I um, I saw a couple cardboard boxes uh, this past weekend. I um, I was walking out with a housemate. Uh, we just had lovely Tex-Mex and um, kind of hang a left. We're going to the car. We're going to go home. And a daughter and her mother just walking on the street. The daughter had a radio flyer wagon. I don't know if anyone knows what those are. Iconic. I think they go back to the 1920s. It, it, it's something that a group of young whippersnappers in kind of a small town in the Midwest uh, would basically lug their baseball bats, their baseball mitts, and a dog in a blanket. And they would lug it in a radio flyer wherever they're going. Maybe they're going camping. They'll lug some stuff with them there, just walking around the town. That's what a radio flyer is. And in the specific radio flyer that I would say she's probably eight years old was lugging, you found a picnic blanket and then about 150 boxes of Girl Scout cookies. And almost immediately it was evident that this specific Girl Scout had gone through rigorous, I think thorough and ample sales training. Because I want you to keep in mind, there's a light drizzle and rain and cardboard don't go that well together. But I think acknowledging her inventory, she strategically layered the blanket. So covering, I'd say maybe 90% of the boxes, but giving me just a peek at a few. My eyes meet with those. dos not probably, you know, in, in hindsight, if maybe she put a tag along there, I'd be more inclined to even jump even further in this sales process with her. Dosey dos though, but I'm engaged. I see the dosey do. I'm aware. Wait a minute. There's gotta be, it's not like she has 150 dosey dos. She gave me a sneak peek, understanding, look, maybe I ruined one box. And the box was dosido, so I don't think she was actually losing that much. But it's the acknowledgement, look, short-term loss, long-term gain. It's brilliant. And of course, I buy in for a few reasons. Most notably, no Girl Scouts have been down my neighborhood, and I don't blame them. I think in terms of just like sales logistics, might not be a good hotspot. And I was literally considering going on Postmates, ordering some boxes at 100% of a price increase, not to mention a delivery fee, or just going to like a Fred Meyer or a Safeway, getting some sort of beach chair, maybe some waters and snacks and waiting, guessing that they would probably show up outside of this grocery store. That's literally what I was going to. So, you know, when I'm right there and I'm in the moment and I'm feeling good, it's a Friday night, of course I'm going to pounce on a couple boxes. Are you selling Girl Scout cookies? I engage. My response back, a nod and a look up to the mother, asking for permission. The mother shakes as well, confirming, now's my chance. But here's the issue. It's 2019. I don't really carry cash on me at all. And considering these cookies that are being lugged in the back of a radio flyer wagon, I just don't think they would have a credit card reader on them. And Girl Scouts, notorious for being a cash-only system notorious. And I don't know what's going on the back end. I'm not, I'm not inferring anything. I'm just saying it's a little questionable the fact that I have never bought Girl Scout cookies with a credit card, with a debit card. I don't work at Morgan Stanley. I'm not a higher up. My suit is not $3,000. I don't have a checkbook on me. It's been cash only all my life. But once I get this permission, at this point, I'm kind of in deep. Now we're in the sales bidding right now. We're negotiating, really. I got to pop the question. Do you take Venmo? 
And believe it or not, next thing I know, smartphone whipped out with a QR code scanner, scans my phone, I get the mom's contact information, it's a quick little 10 bucks to her and a thank you couple exclamation points and a cookie emoji. I'm walking away with Thin Mints and Tagalongs, I'm elated. I did it. I got my seasonal cookies. I'll probably be going back for more considering I took, I think I ate half of both boxes in that very night. And I need to clear things up. Girl Scout cookies are great. They're fantastic. And I'm assuming it goes toward, I don't actually know where my money goes. I don't know if this is kind of how they pay for everything. I'm assuming that's how they kind of fund the entire operation. They killed in sales. I just don't want people to think that I'm buying the cookies like, Let's hear it. Let's just understand my motives, right? My motives in buying Girl Scout cookies. I, I ran a Twitter poll and I gave it two options. It was, do you buy Girl Scout cookies because they're amazing or do you buy Girl Scout cookies to support the Girl Scouts? And I literally was just curious. I, I genuinely wanted to know what were people thinking. I have about 120 Twitter followers, 20 of which actually participated in this particular poll. I'm not exaggerating, I'm not endorsing anything, but I'm 100% serious when I say that 20 out of the 20 votes were all in favor for buying the cookies because they're amazing. But here's the issue. The poll is remarkably black and white. It's a Twitter poll. You click yes, you click no, you move on with your day. You don't really, I mean, you have the time to give context, you have time to give an explanation, but that's not really what happens. So here I am with 100% of all votes saying that we buy the cookies because they're amazing. And I want to be clear, that's my main motive. But then again, no context. So hypothetically, this information, my research from this Twitter poll, the data gets into the wrong hands. Next thing you know, I mean, someone is just inferring that 20 of the 120 people who follow me on Twitter hate the Girl Scouts and only like the cookies. That's extreme. Hypothetically, bit of an issue. And I want to clear things up. And I'm not going to speak for the other, the other 20 people. I'm just assuming this is kind of the position. I buy these cookies, personally, because they are very good. Because they're classic. Because they're traditional. And I get excited when I see them. I don't really know if there's a Girl Scout season. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I really... I. I kind of thought they're year-round, but they just do better numbers after Christmas. Again, I, I don't really know. But that's my main motive. I want to have a couple tagalongs. I want to have some Thin Mints. I'm going to put the Thin Mints in the freezer first. And just kind of go from there. It's always nice to have a bit of inventory. Maybe you don't tell people you have these cookies. You have them to your own. You share them privately. That's my main motive. Secondary to that, and similar to the cardboard box, it's dual utility. Because I know each time I pay five bucks and I get a box of cookies, not only am I getting empty calories and carbs, but at the same time, you could say on the back end, my dollar extends further than that, more than just good taste. But that five bucks distributing and helping an organization that I'd say empowers a lot of America's youth. We need to understand that emotionally speaking, Girl Scout cookies hit twice. That's the way I'm seeing it. One thirty in the morning, I'm getting very physical with a box of Thin Mints about halfway through that first sleeve. I'm just not thinking about how far down the road my 10 bucks takes the Girl Scouts as an organization. I'm not thinking about how I'm helping the future leaders of tomorrow. I'm enjoying the cookies. I'm in the moment. I'm very happy and impressed that I had the discipline to put them in the freezer, wait five hours till they got chilled, and then dig in. It's only after the fact, the next morning, when I log into Chase, 
I check my bank statement. I kind of get in the nitty gritty and I see every single transaction I made in the last week. And I see that I had a Venmo of about 10 bucks, but I don't remember Venmoing anyone that I knew $10. So I'll go into Venmo and I'll scroll through. And then I see that fun comment about thank you with the cookie emoji, couple exclamation points. And I realize, there we go. That's me helping out. That's me doing my part. Everyone, I'm actually looking at the clock right now and it's about that time. And as we wrap up another edition, another episode, another installment of the Monday Morning Commute podcast, I got to thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Let's have a fantastic week. Everyone, my name is John. This all was my thing. Thank you for rock with me. Until next time.